You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. Welcome to Episode 2, where I have a conversation with Dave Buck, the CEO of Coachville, a master certified coach, and a leader in the coaching industry. I learned so much from this conversation, and I'm thrilled to be able to share it with you now. Good morning. Doug O'Brien here. I am really thrilled to be joined with my very first guest on the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Oh, yeah. Number one. <laughs> number one. We are number... There's only <laughs> one number one. The shy and reticent. <laughs> can't get a word out of him. It's like pulling. Can't. Um, Dave Buck, the coach, Coach Dave, as many people refer to him. As far as I know, as far as I am concerned personally, I learned coaching from Thomas Leonard back in the mm-hmm. 90s. And for me, personally, he was the guy. He was the guy that, that invented the field of coaching. I had never heard of him. I went to, I was teaching a seminar. I was part of a, a weekend seminar about um, teaching seminars, basically. It was a seminar about okay. teaching seminars. And he yeah, was yeah, one yeah. of the other, other guest speakers. And I no was there kidding. Doing, yeah. Huh. I'm not, I haven't introduced you yet, Dave. Just shut up. Would you just okay. <laughs> pipe down. Pipe down. <laughs> this is the introduction part. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> He's so shy, so it's a conversation. Um, I'm jumping in. <laughs> so yes, that is true, Dave. I, I, I was teaching a class. Um, I, I at the time was a trainer for Tony Robbins and I'd been asked to do this, this seminar on how to, how to deliver a um, motivational seminar, which wasn't really my strong suit, but I kn- knew the keys. So I, I was, that was my thing. And, and Thomas was there talking about coaching. I had never heard of coaching. I don't think anybody had ever heard of coaching. To me, coaching was like what a little league baseball coach did. Sure. Um, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But I was intrigued by his talk. And I was intrigued enough to say, well, I want to learn that. Mm-hmm. So I, I signed up for his coaching one, two, three thing, which is done yeah. on the phone. Everything was done on the phone. I never met the guy in person. And, uh, you know, so I, I learned coaching from him. I continued on and got certified. And um, then, you know, tragically, he died. He died very young. Uh, he was written up in the Time magazine and stuff. He'd made quite an impact, written a book. He was an amazing guy who was just, you know, you know he, he worked like, I think, 23 hours a day, it seemed like, because he was always producing new stuff. Mm-hmm. I still use some of his materials, like the Clean Sweep program and stuff. Remarkable guy. Um, but he died. He died like the age of 50 or something like that. 48. 48. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I was there. <laughs> you were there when he died? I, oh, I, I wasn't literally there. I had talked to him that morning and then oh he was God. dead. And then I, had, I, I, you know, so that was wow. Wow. a long sequence of events. But yes. what year was that? Was it 2000? It was 2003, 2003. in February. So I met our guest today at Thomas Leonard's funeral. Right. Yeah. That's where we first met. And um, I was really impressed with this guy that's, that's talking to us today, Dave Buck. He, uh, he did a, a, a very memorable eulogy. I, I, I couldn't have done it myself. I, I, I'm not a, 
<laughs> could it should be better. <laughs> well, I, I've never actually had been put to the test, but it's it's hard to control your state. And you got up there. Not only did you deliver a really moving eulogy, but you sang. Mm. And I don't know that you are necessarily a singer, but you sang um, "Case of You" by Joni Mitchell. "Case of You" by Joni Mitchell. Yeah, remember that? You remember yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. It was so moving, and so I wow. thought to myself, "Holy fuck! I need to know this guy." Yeah. Wow, that's sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of the history for me of where uh, I wanted him to be our first guest. Because to nice. me, Thomas Leonard started the field of coaching. And I think in many ways, our first guest, Dave Buck, has inherited that mantle. Now, I will also say that post Thomas's death, a lot of people got into the coaching world and probably mm -hmm. before his death as well. But, um, you know, there are a lot of different aspects, a lot of people doing coaching in a lot of different ways. Yes. So that's fine. Um, yeah. And still for me, this is the guy. So I want to learn from Dave today. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce right. you. Finally, Dave, this is your turn. Dave <laughs> oh, Buck. <laughs> yes, here I am. Okay. Coach Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the program. <laughs> it's great, great to be with you. Very excited. So no, it's really fun. And I appreciate the acknowledgement. And um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So Let's, let's, let's get talking. Yeah. So yeah, this might be a relatively shorter program than others. We'll be uh, on for about 40, 45 minutes, I think, from, from now. Um, yeah. Because I know you have a hard stop uh, at, the, at the hour. I have, a, I, have a coaching, I have a coaching call. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine so, that. So um, <laughs> do, do, do your best to fill in whatever blanks I left out there. So if you want to give some oh, history. A, I know you actually, you did well. I mean, I... I was one of the first life coaches. I started around the same time you did. You know, I, I learned about Thomas Leonard in late 1996. Mm -hmm. So a little bit after you had, he was around a little bit and, and um, just really jumped in with both feet in, right. And, and started my practice in January of 97. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, then, the thing that I had going for me was I had my life was basically a coaching masterclass in a, in a strange way, because life coaching, the origins of life coaching really come from three fields, athletic coaching, performance art coaching, and person, the personal development field. And I had a robust experience of all three. I was an athlete, I had been a, a college soccer coach. I was a performing artist. I, I sang in little clubs for a little time in my life. Oh, and so, singer. yes, okay. I, I, I was a singer. Right. And, um, and I had been really immersed in the personal growth field, you know, with listening back then. We had cassette tapes. I was, right. you know, oh, listening I... to Earl Nightingale and, yes. and, all, and all these cats from, uh, from back in those days. And I did every program Landmark Education ever offered. Oh. So I was a Landmark type. Let me and, just stop you there. Uh, if you don't mind, can I just stop you there? Tell yeah, me. Sure. I, I, I think I knew that. I think I knew that Thomas was as well. Was he not a Landmark? Well, Thomas didn't actually do the Landmark programs. Thomas was oh. Werner's accountant. Oh, okay. So got it. Wow, really? And, and yeah, it's and he was account. in the office. He worked in the office wow. of Werner Earhart and Associates. Wow. You know, when, when Werner was there and Brian Regnier was there 
and um, Jim Selman was there. All these guys that started the original thing. He was there as the as the bookkeeper accountant, right? Just right. kind of absorbing it all, wow. and and so the the it was the um, Werner Earhart and Company that actually began the notion of coaching in the personal growth space but not as a profession it was just a thing you could do and they had it woven into their programs mm -hmm. but thomas was there as the fly on the wall and started thinking oh this could be a profession hmm. life coaching thing so that's how it became a profession thomas left there and through a, you know it was a not a exact thing like the next day but over the course of about a year he founded he started creating life coaching profession uh concepts and schools and and things of that nature so <laughs> so anyway so for me personally i had come from all three of those i had had athletic coaches my whole life performing arts coaches my mom was a performance art coach her studio was underneath my bedroom so i've just been immersed in all of these foundational elements that make coaching coaching and so for me and that it, it was it was natural like oh yeah i get this coaching thing mm -hmm. and as you know the other the the other piece of the puzzle which is always the most challenging piece on the professional side which is the business side i've been in business for myself since i was five or 12, depending on when you start counting, right? With, was it the newspapers or was it cutting lawns or when do you start my business life? So for me, the business side was pretty easy also. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I got into it and I took off like a rocket. You know, I just started signing up people, getting paying clients. And before long, I had more paying clients than any other life coach in the world. Because I just it just it just clicked for me, it was, right, you know. Right. So, be, and because of that, I, that's how I got onto Thomas Leonard's radar, and we became friends. Because I was not just in the classes; I was actually doing it. Actually doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was the rare thing, you know. I was actually doing it, and so it was a it was you know all, all kinds of interesting stories as to how Thomas and I became uh, really good friends, and then I became his right hand basically his right-hand man when, when he started Coachville in the year 2000. And that was it. That's very cool. Very cool. So Coachville, yeah, awesome organization. So that lasted for three years and then he died. Yes. Two, then, yeah. two years. In, we started in 2000 and in February in 2003, he died and he left it to me in his will. Wow. Wow. Cool. So he had a will. So it wasn't he had a will, but it was clunky. It was a, a do-it-yourself software program that he made the will on. So it was... Uh, what, did was he do that just because there's a check mark on the clean sweep program to have a will done? I mean, that's no, that's, that's a whole that's a whole other story. There was this woman who was also an up-and-comer in the coaching space, Jen White. Uh -huh. And she had written a book. She was in her early 30s. She was at, in, the first, in the first wave of professional coaches. I was the youngest. Okay, everyone was in their 50s, 60s, oh, and I really? was 30, and I was in my 30s. So I was the youngest. Then there was this woman, Jen White, who's even a few years younger than I was. She was a real up and comer. She wrote a book, and she was just really making a big splash in the coaching space. 
and she dropped dead of a stroke. Huh. And, wow. and she was on a little trip with another coach. They were on some trip together, and she drops dead. The other coach calls Thomas and says, Thomas, you're not going to believe this. Jen White just died. And it was crazy. And wow. Thomas was sitting there on the phone going, oh, that's weird. You can just die like that? Huh. What would happen to Coachville if I just died? I better make a will and get every, get you know. And he he basically said, "Oh, Dave Buck will handle it." And then the next next day, I have a FedEx envelope with a will from huh. Thomas that says I inherit his estate. But I thought, what are you sending me a will for, dude? You're forty something <laughs> years old. Yeah, wow. So it seemed really weird. But then you know it all. So that should be a pass. lesson to us: never make out a will because then you'll die. I think. That's yeah, the lesson. it's a, it's it's inevitable <laughs> so, thing. So you just don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's but a lesson, that's, folks, to be learned. Yeah, do not <laughs> yeah. make a will. Do not make a will. No, but it was uh, it was a strange it was a strange time, and 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 so, but you know, as you said, Thomas was a was a was a force of nature. He was a, a prolific creator. Now, this does bring up a very important point, which is the topic of your show well, here. Thank you for hosting as well as being the guest. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so Dave, let's get to the topic of, of the show. show. Yeah. <laughs> the topic of the show is essential coaching. Yes, it and is. The, I'm going to say the essential coaching skill is the capacity to co-create. The capacity to co-create. Co-creation is the essential life coaching skill. Excellent. That to is a wonderful a, phrase, and I have no idea what you're talking about. So, it's a, a so please expound. A, a, well, so the idea is to be a co-creative partner with your okay? client. So, with your coach, client, let's yes. Say, let's say coach and client. Well, so separate those two things. So, you yes. joining together with your client to be a co-creator. Correct. Okay. And I personally, I you can go with client because that's the norm. I personally call the person being coached a player. Okay, great. Love it. That's coach that's my. Player. Coach yeah. and player. I like That's that my too. framework. I'm going to use that too. So you have the coach, you have the player, and the coach and the player are co-creating. And the reason I, I just mentioned this, starting with Thomas, is Thomas mm -hmm. was a masterful co-creator. While he produced a lot of content and a lot of ideas, he did everything in a co-creative space. That's how he did things. He had a, a, a team of collaborators mm. and co-creators. Whenever he had an idea of making something or an idea about something, he would get on the phone with someone and talk with them and create the ideas. And then he would just write it down afterwards. So he was a, a masterful co-creator. And so mm. that's, and that was his framework of coaching, that coaching is a co-creation. And this is a very important distinction because there's, there's schools of thought in coaching. Coaching, obviously, is a, is a huge topic. Okay? Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of people playing in the space of coaching. And I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to get in the business of saying, oh, they're right or they're wrong or any of that sort of thing. But I will say this. There's a lot of people in the field of coaching that have this notion that the coach is like in the background just asking questions and the player or they would call them a client has to figure out their own answers. Mm -hmm. okay? mm -hmm. I don't believe that's coaching. That's a thing 
but I wouldn't call that coaching because that's not co-creating. It's like they have to do it and I'm just sort of supporting them in doing it. Mm -hmm. okay? mm -hmm. Then you have another lot of folks in the field of coaching that say the coach has to figure it all out and tell the player what they need to do, right? So both of those schools of thought have this belief that you have two people but one person has to do it. Either the coach has to figure it out and tell the player or the coach has to help the player figure it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And what Thomas was saying and what I continue to say is that's not coaching. Mm. Coaching is the co-creation of two people. You're in it together. It's not, I'm over here just helping you do it or telling you what to do. We're doing it together. And I've, so co-creating, co I would even like to use the phrase play together, right? Mm. We're playing together. If you think about a basketball coach, basketball coach doesn't sit only on the sideline during the game they do, but during practice, they're on the court. Like, oh, let me demonstrate how you do this, or let me mm -hmm. show me how you do that. And it's, it's a playing together kind of phenomenon. I've had many voice coaches during my life. And like I said, my mom was a voice coach and it's a back and forth together thing. Like the, the coach would say, okay, sing this piece for me. And then you would sing it. And then the coach would say, oh, let me sing it for you. And then they would sing it. And then uh, they're observing me and I'm observing them. And through this process of observation and conversation, coaching happens. Gotcha. No, I think that's really, really great great point. And I remember Thomas saying when I was learning from him um, that the difference, one of the differences he said between coaching and consulting is mm -hmm. that if you're a consultant, then you're expected to know the answers and that you, That's you right. tell the client what to do. And okay, I've been observing you working and this is where I see there's some problems and this is what you yes. do. This is the program yes. I'm going to put you on to make this happen. And, <laughs> right. and that's what a consultant does. But what yeah. was interesting with, with Thomas is what he said, you don't have to know all those answers. You need to create the answers with your client. That's the way to go. Correct. And he said, you know, as, for, as an example, I, I had a coach call this morning with a client of mine who is a, with a player of mine. That's yes. Nice. It. There you go. I like that, I like that terminology. But um, up until today, he's been a client of mine. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now he's, he's a player. A, now he's a player. I like that term. Um, but uh, uh, um, he is a, a, a contractor you know, in, okay. in yeah, Florida, sure. you know, and he makes these massive buildings and, you know, I, I know nothing about that field. Sure. You know, I'm, I was a musician before I became an NLP person, a hypnosis person, <laughs> right. you know, I, yes. not a builder. I don't know. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't really know much about the corporate world per se. And yet many of my clients are in the corporate world. Sure. And my, I mean, many, many of my players are in the corporate sure. world. I'm going to get yeah. used to that. Um, so, and I don't know anything about their business, but I do know how to ask really good questions. And I do, I think, without having, you know, perhaps had that same terminology that you developed with Coachville, because I, after I got trained, I kind of just had it in the background. I was doing a lot of NLP, a lot of hypnosis stuff. So my coaching sure. was, was not, I didn't dive in with both feet as you did. Um, so, you know, for me, it was a lot about eliciting from the player, you know, their best stuff. Sure. I was a, I was a musician. I was also a music teacher. So I, I had that idea of. This know, is I, what I, I was just going to say. You have yeah, a music background. I do. You're, I do you're a Coke. Musicians are tend to be very capable co-creators. Yeah. I, I was, 
yeah, I, I treated it like a piano lesson. It's like, it's not enough for me to be able to play it. I need to be able to f help you learn to play it yourself. But it was and a, you do need to be able to play a little. Oh, right? yeah. That's, that's the whole true, thing. Too. Right? You, you <laughs> have to be able point, to play a little. I can, but I don't, that's not the well, point. But, yeah. but you, that's the thing of the observation conversation. Mm -hmm. This is how coaching happens. You're, you're observing them and you have the capacity to see because you've also done it. But then also they're observing you. Right. And because that's one of the main ways we learn how to do new things is by observing someone else do it. That's, that's a human thing. So coaching plays upon that fundamental human thing of learning by observing and demonstrating in this back and forth phenomenon. So I would say for you, you may not know about corporate construction or corporate life, et cetera, but you know how to co-create. Yeah. And I, I know about people and I know about relationships and I, yeah. And Correct. so I, I agree with you. I, I think that is exactly what I was doing with my client this morning, you know, cause we're all, you know, as of this recording today, where it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, April, 2020, um, the COVID-19 virus is all around us. People are reimagining life in yes. new ways. It's new for everybody. Um, so, sure. you know, he's got a, a team of hundred some people that work under him and, and they're all working from home now, you know, so how do you do a development company when everybody's working from home? So it's all this new imagining and reimagining of stuff. And yeah, Correct. we're, we're co-creating. Co Correct. And then the other thing that Thomas would talk about, and this falls into the realm of essential skills, is you have this notion that we described. You don't necessarily know, okay? You don't go in knowing. You go in creating, mm. right? And then this is a powerful human quality. When two people are engaged in a deep conversation about whatever, about the play, uh, the topic would be the player's dreams and aspirations and what they are wanting to create and experience in life right now. And so that's the, the currency of coaching is dreams and aspirations, not problems, okay? Not problems or fixes, it's dreams and aspirations. So when you as a coach are in conversation with, some, uh, with the player, in the, in the pursuit of their dreams and aspirations, you become this, and the player too. What happens when two humans are talking, then knowledge and wisdom and ideas and imagination come from the field of human energy and it pops through you, right? And it's like, oh, I've got this idea. Thomas called them inklings. Mm. And it's not something you can explain as a knowledgeable fact. It's this thing that comes into your mind like, oh, I just got this idea or I just had this thought or I'm, I have this feeling that's emerging. Can I share it with you? You know, coaching is very permission-based. Can I share this thing that's coming to me? And they say, sure. And then you say this thing and, it's, it, and it sparks their imagination or it's, oh yeah, that's what I need to do or no, that's not it, but it's this. And then you get this co-creative energy happening between the player, the coach, and whatever you want to call it, the universe, the supermind, the field, call it whatever you like. But there's this this thing, this field of human energy or energy that when, that you tap into. And that's coaching. That's the co-creative space. You don't have to know. You have to be open to re like receiving and flowing and trusting what you receive. And that's where the magic happens.
Oh, that's really, really beautiful. So if you could say, yes, that is the, the essential skill, what are the essential skills that go into having that essential skill? I mean, is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how, well, how do you do that? How do you, how do you create do that? that space? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So what are you focusing on? What's the most important thing to you when you're in a creative space like that? I think the way we describe it in our school is we talk about this um, plan, play, grow. Okay, plan, play, grow. So you start off with a little bit of a plan for in the conversation with the player based on their dream and their, and their current growth opportunity. Okay, so what, what is happening in your world right now that's requiring you to grow? And then that's what you, so that's your plan, what you plan to talk about. Mm-hmm. That planning process of talking that through and the coach being aligned with the player's dreams and aspirations, that builds trust. Okay. Okay. And presence because trust is based on a shared dream, a shared purpose. It's like, okay, this is what you really want to create and experience in your life. I am for you having that. There's nothing about that that is counter to my beliefs or my sense of sensibility. So I can full heartedly play with you in this, toward this dream. And then, so when that creates this trust and this presence, this judgment-free presence. So if you want to look at the, fir- the foundation, it's, it's trust of this, you have a shared, shared dream. You begin to trust each other that you both care about this dream together. And then you have a judgment-free presence. Like I'm not judging you for how you are or how you're not. I'm with you. I'm embracing how you are and who you are. And so you are, you are safe with me. Mm, great. Okay. You, yeah. You're safe with me. So that is the foundation then the next level is called play together. Okay, so this would this goes to if you're a basketball coach, you jump on the court and say, "Oh, you can try a hook shot this way. Mm-hmm. Let me see you do it, and here's how I would do it." And you're watching each other. So there's a, a playing together in conversation. That can happen in several different ways, and we have a few techniques we talk about. But I feel like the most important technique, as far as this is concerned, is role playing. Mm-hmm. Because life occurs in conversations. You know, that's how life happens between us humans is in conversations. So you practice the conversation. So just, just the other day, I had a player. We were playing with a conversation that he needed and wanted to have with his wife. Mm-hmm. So I played the role of wife. He played the role of himself. We played the conversation out to really sense what his energy was like, how he was feeling, what was coming into his mind. We played with it a few different ways so that he could really be who he wanted to be and not his reactive version of himself in that Mm -hmm. situation. And through practicing and playing, he established a knowing of who he is and who he aims to be in the relationship. And he felt empowered to have a wholesome conversation rather than a reactive one. Wow, and cool. so that happened through role playing and practicing, right. just like in basketball, you practice just like in music. You don't jump on the stage and do a song you've never done before for the first time. That would be pretty foolish. You practice, right? You practice many times, many, many times. So it's the same thing. It's the idea of life can be, 
if you if you get the idea of you can play life, then you can practice life. And that's counter to that dictum you see, oh, there's no practice life. Oh, yes, there is practice <laughs> life. That's why there's life coaching. You practice life with your life coach so that when you play, you can play and have the bigger impact you really want to have. Tony, that's, just to complete really, this little story, yeah, let me just ahead, complete this little story. So you, yeah. you plan, you have your shared dream and purpose, you play together in some way, and then the third piece is to grow. Okay, what was the growth growth that you just experienced in our playing together that you wanted to take into your real life situations? So you, because you, growth is, is more powerful when you claim it like oh yeah i just grew i just changed my perspective i just up leveled how i see myself i just grew right now i just grew right now go and play life with that growth so you know plan play grow that's the basic structure of a love great it. coaching relationship i love it i love it I love it so during that grow part you're sort of looking back at what you did in the in the correct part and you're, you're unpacking it a bit and discussing yes. it yes Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about your situation? What aspects of that do you want to take forward? Who do you want to be moving forward? That's a, that's a chunk of very powerful conversation that then sort of you claim the growth. You claim your growth. Yeah. And no, then, then you take it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, so that's the, that's the, the essence of life coaching and, and you know, whether you're coaching in business or leadership or career or personal growth or what life coaching has many aspects to it, just like there's many sports and athletics and there's many kinds of performance art. There's many aspects of life, but they all can be played. You can coach them all in this similar manner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's really great to, you know, hear you talking like this again, because in a sense it's, I, I hear, I hear Thomas again, you know, yes. this is, sure, I'm, going, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm having these moments of, you know, deja vu. Like I remember Thomas talking like that. <laughs> yeah. Thomas always, talked like that. Yeah. He was always talking <laughs> about the conversation. He was always talking about <laughs> yes. life as a conversation. Life happens in conversations. Um, and that's so yes. true. It is yeah. so really true when you stop and think about it and, 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 you know, appreciate that. Um, and it does empower a coach mm -hmm. to be a coach with players in a variety of situations because it's not about yes. i'm an expert in this situation or that expert uh, in that situation yes but i'm i'm an expert at being a coach so i'm yeah, an expert sure, at sure, entering sure. into this 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 realm with you to have a conversation about that so that we can sure. be this co-creator I th that's just a great framework one thing that does tend to happen in the life coaching space is you tend to coach people whose dreams you really resonate with mm. and how do how does resonance happen it's a bit mysterious but usually it's it's because you have a life experience that connects to it some way so for example i tend to coach people whose dreams align around growing a a, a small business and a small business team that's my because that's my life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I was a solopreneur. Now I'm 
uh, a small business team and we're, we're out to change the world. This, you know, just a small group of us, but we're going to change the world together. So people that have that kind of a dream are the ones I tend to coach. I have coached people in larger corporate scenarios, but that's not my life. So I don't resonate with it as cleanly or mm-hmm. as closely. Mm-hmm. So I tend to attract people that are more in the realm of, of my own life. Just like I probably could coach someone in baseball because I'm uh, because of my coaching skills and helping mm-hmm. someone get better. I could help just about anyone get better at just about anything. I right. could, but I probably would coach people more in soccer because I've played soccer almost every day since yeah. I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> right? no, so I get that. I get that. Yeah. That'd right. be more of my life. It's a good analogy. I get that completely. I could, I could probably coach just about anybody on any instrument. If they wanted to learn right. the violin or whatever, I could, I could make them better. If they don't know, if they know nothing, I could, yes. I could get them to a place of some degree of proficiency. But if they yes. want to get to an expert level, then they would need a different coach besides me. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's the idea of, you know, shared dreams and alignment of dreams. This, you know, like I said, it's very important for coaches to understand that our currency is dreams and aspirations. There are other fields that are the problem solvers and the fixers, but that's not coaching. Mm-hmm. You don't go to a basketball coach because you have a basketball problem. Right. So you may have some therapy is what you're saying. Co- coaching is not. Yeah, it's not therapy and it's not consulting. Consulting is very problem oriented. You've got a problem. We're going to come in here and tell you how to fix it. I, I like coaching, that distinction very much. And I'll just, I want to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. I apologize. Sure. Um, sure. No. I think that a lot of people um, call what they do coaching. Yes. Because they don't want to use a word like therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as an example, when I was learning NLP back in the 80s and um, from Tony Robbins and, and other people, Robert Diltz, Richard Banda, um, we did NLP therapies. It's like, hey, you want me to do a therapy with you? That's, you know, we would yes. do NLP therapies with each other. That's what we yes. called them back then. Um, yes. It, it, it came out of fashion, you know, because there was like, well, this isn't therapy. And therapists do that long thing where you talk to you know, your therapist every Thursday at two. And, you know, um, yeah. we don't do that. We fix people right away. You know, so why talk? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so we, so we said, okay. So eventually we said, okay, we're not going to call them therapies anymore. We're going to call it coaching. But it's the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing exactly the same thing. And what you're yes. talking about is a distinction between a therapy where you're working on problems and finding solutions mm-hmm. to having coaching being about dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly okay. right. And, and, you know, I, I've definitely had times in my life where I contemplated going out with messaging about being the the coaching police of like this is coaching and that's not coaching and mm. this sort of thing yeah. that that was just wearing me out like that's really mm. no fun whatsoever to be the the coach police so i just keep sharing with people about my view of it which mm-hmm. i inherited you know from thomas yeah. and 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 I, I just, I, I, yeah, I just <laughs> stick to that stick and that, and it not just well, it was Thomas, but it also resonated with me having had yeah, athletic right. coaches and, and right. arts coaches my whole life. It resonates like that is what we do. We, you know, you, you would hire a voice coach because you have this dream, this vision of being able to sting better or being a vocal performer or having the experience of performing in a particular venue or, 
it's it, it it comes from a dream and aspiration now naturally when you pursue a dream you bump into all sorts of problems right? right but the problems are in the context of the dream not just i got a problem i need a fix right 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 that's you know and and even you know you said a very profound thing a few moments ago which is also very I'm important. glad it's on tape man I'm really yeah it's on tape which is it, it, de <laughs> it depends on the level right there's levels of every endeavor mm. you know I mm. could coach a little league baseball team but I couldn't coach a college baseball team right 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 I could coach a college soccer team which I have done right right, right. because I know that game at a high enough level that I can coach people that are a certain capability and wanting to get even better. Right. You've got to have a knowledge base and experience base to coach at a higher level, which is why, you know, I can coach leaders in larger corporations at a certain level, but at a certain level, I don't have the distinctions because I never lived it. But for a solo person or a person building a small team, you could have a small team of five or 10 people and have a global impact. Yeah. I've done that for 15 years. Yeah. Right. Small team, global impact. So I'm all in for that. And I yeah, can do gotcha. that with anyone at any level. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me just um, shift gears a little bit because you also said that you were able to jump in back in 1996. I think you said it was 97, maybe. Um, yeah. 97. Yeah. And um, because you had a background, not only in, these coaching realms, but also in business, you had to. Yes, you'd been a paper boy and a <laughs> lawnmower lawn guy and, right, yeah. and um, software developer. You name right. it. So I you did you it. had a solopreneur since you were a kid, and you were able to jump in and start a business. And you said before yes. before a year was up, you had more coaching clients or players than yeah. anybody in the world. Yeah, at that time, correct. So. Uh, the other part of being a coach is not only being really good at being able to be a creative, you know, yes. partner with people and, and being a great listener and, you know, great bouncer co -creator. or whatever. Co <laughs> um, yeah. It's also being a, a, basically a businessman, a solopreneur, yes. or, or at least for most people, it's a solopreneur situation. Sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. So what are some essential skills for that aspect of it? How do we, how do we yeah. learn to be successful out there in the world? This is a great question. There's, so I will say one thing, which is there's no easy answer to this question. This is a, this is a complex question, mm. but I, I can share. Well, we have a few minutes left. I, we have a few <laughs> minutes and I, I can share a fundamental core. Okay, that, great. That will change things for most people. Super. Okay, so we have business, which means we're talking about money which means we're talking about value. Okay. Okay. Now we all grew up in this thing that is known as the industrial age. And in the industrial age, value was based on work, completing tasks, mm. you complete these tasks, you get paid. That's the, right. that's the notion of yeah, the industrial worker you and everyone the paper, was, you get paid yeah, you, cut you get glass, paid, you get paid. <laughs> exactly yeah. do work get paid okay yeah so that was what we all have this programmed into our minds okay now business to is not actually work business is not work 
Business is play. Okay. And this is the big shift. You cannot work your way to success in small business. You play your way. So let me tell you what I mean by yeah, play. I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay? Go ahead. So play. How so this this is a, a universal principle of how do you play life and how do you play anything and how do you play business? So you play life, first of all, by relating with other people with the intention to influence them in a positive way that's aligned with your dream and finding their aligned dream. But relating for influence is the number one way we play. And if you watch children playing on the playground, they relate for influence all the time. Hey, let's play baseball. Yeah. And then they go and then they're throwing the ball around. No, now we want to be a starship captain. Okay, let's go play over here. They're relating for influence all the time. And it's natural and easy for young children, but we lose that through our industrial life, which I'll explain in a moment. The other, another aspect of playing life is creating and sharing. You create something with the intention to share it with people. And you just, that's how you play life. You, we, we're creators, humans are creators, but we don't wanna create for ourselves. We wanna create and share something because we want people to like it, right? We want people to enjoy it or embrace it or something. So we create and share. The other thing we do is we experiment, we try new things all the time, try new ways. And then the fourth thing is we explore. We explore new territories to see and be seen and, and experience new things. This is play. This is playfulness, okay? Relating for influence, creating and sharing, experimenting and exploring. All four of these essential playfulness qualities were suppressed in industrial school. Mm, right, that's true. Absolutely. Suppressed. Do not create and share because you might disappoint. You're going to disappoint. Don't, don't do it. Don't relate for influence. You might be rejected. Don't do it, okay? Don't experiment. You might make a mistake. Mistakes are bad. Don't make mistakes. Don't experiment. Explore. Do not explore. You will get in trouble, right? <laughs> and you don't want to get in trouble, well, so don't explore. Yep, just sit there. So shut up. Just sit there. Shut up. Do your work. Do your tasks. Get, right, get the right answers. Get, get the right answers. And it in on so, time. Exactly. So our human playfulness, which is the essential qualities of business success, were suppressed in industrial schools and industrial jobs. So the thing you have to recognize to be successful in business is you're going to be grappling with your industrial mindset all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, and I make, make a big point about this to, to don't make it the enemy, just make it, it's part of you and you're going to rise above it. It's, you're going to up level from that industrial mindset to a more create co-creative playful mindset. Embrace what's in you and build and expand beyond it. So, but anyway, the point is if you think about business, well, you got to meet people and you got to get them to say yes to stuff you want to do with them. That's relating for influence. You've got to mm. be able to walk up to someone and say, hey, what are you up to? Oh, I love that. I, I think I could help you with that. 
can I offer you an exploratory conversation? What is that? That's relating for influence. Mm -hmm. But if you are still in your industrial fear of like, no, don't take a chance on rejection, you're going to struggle mm. in business, right? Mm. What do we need to do? We need to write articles, videos, audios, all this creative stuff that we want to share. But if you are trying to create something to share and it grinds your gears because you're caught up in, oh my God, what if I disappoint someone? What if they don't like it? What if someone gets mad at me? Which you will because that's the industrial mind keeping you from creating. Mm. Then you're going to struggle in business. Mm. Business is constant experimentation. There's no right way of doing anything. You've got to try new things every day. But if every little thing you need to try grinds your gears, you're going to struggle. So you, the most important thing for success in business is to actively restore your playfulness. Great. That's cool. the most important thing you That's, can do. That is such a hard piece of advice because people are going to think, yeah, that's nice, Dave, but you know, I've got bills to pay. Uh, yeah. This is not about I, play. Yeah, I understand, business. but it, it, exactly. Well, you can keep grinding your gears or you can, you can let it, you can recognize that, wow, I'm really struggling to be successful grinding my gears over here. I need to be more playful. Now, the thing I just want to say about this is, you're a human being. You are born to play. I'm not saying you have to learn playfulness from the outside. I'm saying you have to restore it from the mm. inside. Yeah. Yeah. You're born to play. You're born player. You were born experimenting, exploring, trying to influence the people around you. You did not fear rejection. You did not fear mistakes. You did not fear trouble. You did not fear any of that stuff. Those fears were all learned. So if you learn to fear, you can learn to go beyond that fear. And that's business. That's business. Business you, is, is a playful act. I love it. That's the most important thing. Wow. Beautiful. That is, that's, wow. That's the essential coaching skill for growing a business is to restore your own sense of play. And what I loved about what you said a moment ago, and, and again, um, from a, just a practical standpoint, is to pra practical way of applying playfulness as you, yeah. you 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 restore yourself to that place of like, hey on the playground you want to play this you want to play that you go up yeah. to a guy a person and you know <laughs> yeah you know maybe not too close right now you know six yeah no <laughs> <laughs> yeah maintaining social distance you go up to the six feet of them yeah. with a mask on you say hey let's play right in a modern version of that, yeah, but that yeah. is correct. But having, yeah. uh, getting into that co-creative space where you have this conversation and they realize what incredible value it is that that creates for them. Yes. And then you offer them the opportunity to, you know, continue this conversation. That's in right. a sense, that's what you're inviting them to, to play with you. Yes. As you're a coach. Inviting them to play. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So this coaching and playing are hand in glove. That's wow. the most important thing. Coaching and play, hand in glove. You restore your playfulness. That helps you become a better coach. When you're coaching someone, your core aim is to restore their playfulness so they can do all these playful things that will lead to their success and fulfilling their dreams. 
Could you just say that one more time? I think You're right. That's, <laughs> that, that, is, that, that is such a great place to leave this interview. I just want that to be like standing out like a little beacon. Oh, oh, hopefully just, I can. I, when I get on a roll, it's sometimes oh, not easy. Great. But, but the, the idea is the core of coaching is to restore people's playfulness as yeah. life coaches. Wow. When you restore someone's playfulness and then they can create and share and relate for influence and do these playful things that is the way they will ultimately fulfill their dreams and aspirations. That's just wonderful. Gosh, this has fulfilled my dream and aspiration of having you awesome. as my first, first, um, first player, first co-coach on this. Um, co-creator on your yeah, podcast. On it was podcast. a pleasure to be a part of it, Doug. I'm excited oh, for you and what you're doing and, uh, and I wish you great success with it. It's awesome. Thank you very much. And for the people listening at home, what is the name of your organization? How do people it's find? Co- it's it's Coachville, C-O-A-C-H-V-I-L-L-E, coachville.com. Beautiful. And your Coach Dave. Coach Dave at Coachville, right here. All right, man. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Doug. It's really my pleasure. It's a pleasure talking with you. You're a champ. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.